going into this World Cup, Qatar was not taking kindly to criticism about its human rights record and treatment of migrant workers and its anti-LGBTQ laws. And FIFA, the governing body for soccer worldwide, was not taking kindly to criticism about the bribery it took to give hosting rights to Qatar. Controversy surrounded the games before the very first ball was kicked. Now that the group stage is complete, what's been more interesting? The games themselves or the atmosphere around them? Welcome to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. This is an exploration of soccer fandom and culture for new fans. Because there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. I'm Wright Tignaris, soccer aficionado and explorer. Before the game started, FIFA implored, practically begged teams to focus on football instead of the larger issues and protests, both in Qatar and in home countries. Predictably, this went over like a ballon diplôme, a balloon of lead. Let's review. In Qatar, homosexuality is a criminal offense, and advocates say that LGBTQ people are subject to harassment, imprisonment, and conversion therapy. In response, soccer journalist Grant Wall wore a rainbow shirt and was detained for almost 30 minutes before being allowed to enter the USA-Wales match. A BBC cameraman was denied entry to the USA-England match for wearing a rainbow-colored watch band until he and a BBC reporter called a special hotline set up by the Qataris for journalists. There have also been several reports of fans wearing pride symbols, being denied entry, or having pride-themed items confiscated by security once inside. All this despite assurances by FIFA and Qatari officials that the World Cup would be, quote, open. Several European teams plan for their team captains to wear the One Love armband, which has a rainbow pride-colored heart. But FIFA warned them that any player wearing such armband would get a yellow card. In soccer, a player receiving two yellow cards in a game also receives a red card and would be ejected. The teams back down, wearing FIFA-approved armbands instead. England captain Harry Kane wore the no-discrimination armband instead in their match against Iran. In protest of FIFA's threat, Germany covered their mouths in the traditional team photo before playing in their match against Japan. When Germany was eliminated on the next-to-last day of the group stage, Qatari TV mocked them with mouth-covering gestures. Of course, Qatar's own team was eliminated first, with the worst showing from a host country in history. Despite these examples, FIFA also saw fit to put Mexico and Ecuador fans under investigation for possible homophobic chants. Mexico's soccer federation has been sanctioned in the past for similar chants by fans. But the most laughable act by FIFA was forcing Belgium to remove a tag from their away jerseys that had the word love on it. This particular tag was in reference to a collaboration between the team, jersey maker Adidas, and the popular Tomorrowland Music Festival. Let's count the ways this was laughable. Number one, the tag was on the inside collar of the jersey, which means practically no one would see this tag in action. Number two, the tag had no rainbow kind of coloring. And number three, 
Belgium wasn't even planning on wearing this kit until the knockout round. And as I'll get into in a moment, they didn't even make it there. Oh. So what is the end result of all this? FIFA is complicit in anti-LGBTQ words and actions, and they hate love. They hate love. Yikes. FIFA should get a red card for this. Iran and pro-women protests. Rewind it back to September 13th, when 22-year-old Kurdish woman Masha Amini was detained for what Iranian authorities called inappropriate attire against the Islamic Republic's strict dress code. On the 16th of September, she died in custody under suspicious circumstances, likely having been severely beaten by police. Protests in support of women on social media and in the streets then break out, leading to violent police crackdowns as many as 400-plus deaths during the months of unrest. Fast forward back to the World Cup, where the Iranian team declined to sing their national anthem before their opening match with England in support of the protesters back home, risking retribution against them and their families. There was a kerfuffle before Iran's match with the USA, when the U.S. soccer social media team intentionally omitted the Islamic Republic symbol from Iran's flag in a pre-game post in support of the protesters. Iran called for FIFA to discipline Team USA, even boot them out of the tournament, but FIFA refused. Fans chanted, say her name, in reference to Amini, outside of stadiums in support of the pro-women protesters. Iranian fans with women, life, freedom shirts, and signs similar to the protesters back home were prevented from entering stadiums unless they turned their shirts inside out. And those that display the slogan in the stadiums were reportedly confronted by security and had signs confiscated. For me, the most memorable protester was Yasi, who traveled from America, painted her face to look like blood was dripping from her eyes, and held up an Iran soccer jersey with Masha Amini's name and the number 22 during their games against England and Iran. She was also confronted by security. Kudos to the protesters in and outside the stadium supporting women in Iran by their dress and by their voice. Iran's team was eliminated in the group stage, but they played valiantly under the circumstances and I hope they are safe at home. Qatar 1, Bud 0. It was already quite a mix when just days before the first match, Qatar reneged on an agreement that beer would be sold at the World Cup stadiums. The end result is that if you paid to enter the luxury corporate hospitality suites, the stadiums for a paltry $22,000, then you could get alcohol. Hooray! But the hoi polloi in the regular seats have to live with non-alcohol but zero. During the first match between Ecuador and Qatar, video was going around social media of the Ecuador fans chanting, Caramos Cerveza, or We Want Beer. The ironic thing is that before the 2014 World Cup, FIFA strong-armed Brazil into rescinding a ban that the country had on alcohol sales at soccer stadiums. The Secretary General of FIFA at the time said, Alcoholic drinks are a part of the FIFA World Cup, so we're going to have them. Excuse me if I sound a bit arrogant, but that's something we won't negotiate. Budweiser declined to put a number on the amount of beer they can't sell, but they do have a $75 million contract to be the official beer supplier of the World Cup. However, Budweiser is prepared to gift that unsold beer to the winning country for a big party. Some joke that Bud isn't even that good anyway, 
so it wouldn't be much of a prize. I don't drink, so I'm neither here nor there on it anyway. But hey, free beer is free beer. Oh yeah, all this in soccer matches too. Lots of things have been terrible at the tournament, but what about the actual games? Fortunately, the actual soccer has been compelling, joyous, heartbreaking, thrilling, brave, and beautifully chaotic. After all 32 teams have played their three group stage games, we can safely say that chaos reigned. Most of my predictions crashed. For example, the United States men's national team will advance to the knockout round by beating Wales and Iran and drawing against England. I was wrong about Wales, but right about Iran and England. The golden boot for most goals, Harry Kane of England. So far, zero. Golden ball player of the tournament, Lionel Messi. Remains to be seen. Prediction still in play. U.S. men's national team upset Netherlands to go to the quarterfinals. Well, let's hope. Injury ravaged France is still good enough to advance past group stage. They did. Belgium, Portugal, Switzerland won't make round of 16. Belgium didn't, but Portugal and Switzerland did. Lots of people, including me, are picking Denmark as the sleeper. They got eliminated already. The other dark horse is Serbia. They will lose to Germany in the quarters. They both got eliminated already. Argentina will dethrone the defending champions France in the round of 16. Well, they can't meet until the final. US men's national team will play brave football but fall short against Argentina in the quarters. This matchup could still happen, but if the USA beats the Netherlands, USA-Argentina could go a lot differently. Brazil will cruise to the semifinals. Remains to be seen. Prediction still in play. I will probably be most wrong about Germany. I'm not that confident about them. I predicted them to get to the semis, which means they will lose in the round of 16 or worse. I was correct to be concerned about Germany. Argentina versus Brazil semifinal will be bananas. Remains to be seen. Prediction still in play. Denmark will get revenge for Euro 2020 and beat England in the quarters, then take out Germany in the semis. Wrong all the way. Sentimental favorite Argentina will beat Cinderella Denmark to win the World Cup. Well, it will have to be a different Cinderella. Notably, African teams Senegal and Morocco advanced, and Asian teams Japan, South Korea, and Australia advanced out of the group stage. The Qataris scored just one goal out of their three losses. The Samurai Blue of Japan made news by upsetting four-time champion Germany in a come-from-behind 2-1 opening match, leaving their dressing room spotless, complete with 11 origami cranes in a show of honor after that Germany game. Losing to Costa Rica. 
then beating 2010 champion Spain on their way to the round of 16. Their fans, as is their custom, stayed after the games to clean up the stadium. They even brought their own garbage bags. Ghana's fans did this too. World ranked number two Belgium got shoved out the door after their subpar play, reports of fighting in the dressing room, and star player Kevin De Bruyne saying they were too old to win. How do you say chaos in Dutch? Google Translate says it's... Chaos. My prediction for the final was Denmark against Argentina. How is that going? Argentina, ranked number three in the world, lost the 51st ranked Saudi Arabia in their opening match, but they still advanced out of the group stage. Meanwhile, Denmark, ranked 10th, didn't advance out of the group stage at all. They got bounced out by 38th ranked Australia. Ironically, Australia will play Argentina in the round of 16, and because chaos reigns, I fully expect the Socceroos to win. Also, go USA! Beat the Dutch! Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture, the Meteorite Production. Sources for this episode are in the show notes. Check out our website, soccerfc.co, for all Soccer FC content. Produced and edited by me, Wright Sinaris. Theme music is Lucky Day by The Meritocracy. Additional music by Mixkit. Many thanks to Alice Sinaris. Next week, a recap of the round of 16 games and atmosphere. You've been listening to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. Because there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. Thanks for tuning in. Asedendo Tolimus. <laughs>